What's up, y'all? Take a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. This week is the first week that we are without sports and without last dance since we've been bringing you Facts Over Axe. Um, you know, as they say, all good things must come to an end. But in the words of the late, great Dr. Seuss, don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. So we're going to jump straight into the last dance wrap up. Episodes 9 and 10, we pretty much just had uh, Jordan and the Bulls taking on the Jazz and, and explaining those matchups in the last two years. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't it wasn't great content. It wasn't. But my guy Guyton, he got us on the information. Why were those episodes so much less? So Why were they so much less of a production than well, episodes one through eight? Well, um, for episodes nine and ten, most of the the content that they wanted to put into those episodes weren't finished yet. Like around the time that that Rona hit, they just finished up the interviews with John Stockton. Of course, they had the footage that they filmed back in '98, but it was so many more uh like players and people that they wanted to interview because you notice they just had a lot of the, a lot of people rehashing like old stories or some of the same people that we saw already in those episodes and it's just because they couldn't film the content because stay at home order so it was a lot more players people that they're trying to interview and they just couldn't so espn you know wanted them to rush the project so they just had to rush and piece together episodes nine and ten on the cutting board before they were actually like ready to before they were fully produced basically and i get it's no sports i get it's no sports but i'm a firm believer in not rushing anything that needs to be perfected. Cause I mean, every we've been everybody know we've been waiting on hear anything about Jordan come out Jordan mouth because Jordan is not really a media person. He doesn't really talk to us like like a, a, a today's NBA star would. So if you're gonna release something with Jordan name all over it, I feel like you should just wait until you got it completely done so we can get get everything we've been looking for. That's just one of my whole opinion. It seemed like it though. To me, it just seemed like they stretched it out, and then they was like, oh, man, we used up all this time, and then we didn't even have enough time. So that's how I felt about the whole documentary in a way. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. But at the same time, we was in a need for something sports-related, and the original release date was supposed to be Big like right Big after fires. the finals. And you got to think, if they weren't able to finish it then with the way things are looking, I mean, you've seen social media because it's Memorial Day weekend. We might not have been seeing a finished last dance until next June. Oh, yeah, I definitely appreciate them pulling it forward. It gave us something to do for the last couple of weeks. But, I mean, it just was like, hey, we waited this long. Might as well keep waiting. That's how I was feeling. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the last dance. I enjoyed the last dance a lot. But I mean, listen, I'm not even a that big of a production and a how, how theatrical and how cin- cinematic was it. My big thing was the accuracy of it all. And apparently, Horace Grant... And Scottie Pippen and even the pizza guy from Utah all had a problem with how they were portrayed in this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, was, what, was the pizza guy actually portrayed though? <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. So the pizza guy, the, the story was that the in the at least in the last dance, it was the pizza guy and a few other people came up to the door, apparently. Um, and the pizza per- the guy who made the pizza in real life said it was the it was the driver and the guy who made it, and that was it. There was no four or five people at the door. It was the security guard who bought them, the guy who made the pizza, and the delivery driver, and that was it. Man, I mean, uh, 
I think feel like dude really just outed himself for clout because he was never in the documentary to begin with. So he he just wanted to come out and say that he was offended so people could know who he was. I feel Man. that. I feel that. The pizza guy, you was you was you know, nobody knew you before this, nobody gonna know you after this. But Hall of Famer Scotty Pippen, All Star Horse Grant, I mean, those two having a problem with the accuracy of it is, you know. It's, it's interesting, and this dates back to episode what seven, eight. Yeah, Horace but, got um, so offended. Horace got so offended by the allegations that Jordan would tell the the uh, servers on the plane to not feed him. He was ready to go. He came in <laughs> on ten. He talked to Shannon Sharp. He some of the stuff that he told Shannon Sharp was apparently so bad. Shannon said, "When this Rona clear up, come on the show and say I don't feel comfortable saying that. You say it. What are we thinking about that, fellas?" <laughs> well, well, well Santa, um, you gotta you gotta think about Santa is like that uncle that, that that one uncle that just says the first thing come to his mind. Like you love him to death, but Santa sometimes over exaggerates a lot of things. So I mean, uh, I mean, I, and one thing I will say about Santa, he is a raw talent, and he is like a raw. What he delivers is raw. So I will say a lot of things he say might seem crazy, but he has some truth to a lot of things he does say. Here's the part that's most concerning for me. Shannon said multiple times on air, me and Mike would have had to go. And even going as far as saying, if I was Horace, I, excuse my French, I would have whooped his ass. What did Horace say that was that bad to where he was like, I'm not saying this on air. You you got to drop this. I'm not saying it. Well, what could have possibly came out? Well, for starters, I don't think either one of them has a case to be to be upset. Um, because... They they more had a problem with how how they were portrayed, but as far as like incorrect information goes, and I know Horace Grant was upset that that he was called like the snitch on the team basically, but I found a, a article from from Inside Sports from the year nineteen ninety three, and the headline of this article says the Horace Grant interview Chicago's unhappy bull, and it was basically a tell all interview about how he didn't like what was going on with Jordan Pippen and Phil Jackson. Well, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, if you was in Jordan or Pitt, you got treated like a stepson in that organization. I mean, that's but that's kind of here's my is thing that wrong? about it. Here's my thing about it. If he was willing to do that interview and put his name to it, why would he not also put his name to Jordan rules and everything else that went along with it? You see what I'm saying? Like, if you if if I were to snitch and people were to say, "Oh, Ken, you out here telling you out here doing this and that." Why would I then tell, well, yeah, I told in this regard, but I ain't telling all these other regards. That wasn't me. I'm a, I'm a baby snitch. I'm not a big snitch. I'm not, you know, I'm just a, a minor snitch. I'm not Takashi. I'm just a little snitch. Well, you know, everybody changes their stance on things years later when it's social media. I'm pretty sure he wasn't facing any of the prejudice that he was in 93 for a magazine article that he, that he was now that everybody has an opinion. Right, and plus he even even if everybody did have an opinion, he wasn't hearing it like he is now. He's hearing it at a times ten volume right now. So, and by the way, I agree that Horace really has no not too much room to be upset about anything other than the snitching allegation. Because if that's you know if somebody is out here slinging mud on your name in that way, I understand that. But other than that, you really don't got too much room to be mad. You really did get hoisted up on your teammates' shoulders for winning a. A, a game that wasn't the NBA Finals. Uh, you really did do most of the things that were said of you, and whatever the case may be with you and Jordan and this food, you know that's between you and him. I, 
I just find it hilarious. A 60 year old man saying, Hey, you we could talk about this like men or we could handle this another way, but you know, that's beyond me. Let's put the Bengay and the depends away. But, um, <laughs> I think that Pippen actually, to me, he had a little bit of a point in being like, yo, I'm, I don't like how I was portrayed in certain life. Only for this reason. Pippen, yes, Jordan did say, without Pippen, there is no six championships. When you mention me, you should mention Pippen. But the games in which Pippen showed up the biggest and the games in which, because let's be honest, although Mike was, I'm not even going to call what he said he was because that's a little blasphemous to my Lord and Savior. But although people looked at Mike as if he was uh, not human, he was. And there were games where Pippen had to step up and carry the scoring low. Or Pippen had to step up and do things as well. I'm not saying they were often. I'm not saying it was, hey, every series, Pippen going to give you a game where he carried the team. not saying that. But it felt like they whispered his successes and loudly shouted his failures. They loudly broke into how he sat out when Kukoc had the last shot, but they said nothing about game three against the Pacers where he went off and he was the guy because Jordan couldn't hit the side of the ocean from the beach. I'm, I'm going to say, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yes. I'm going to say it like this, even Batman with all his resources needed a Robin. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Jordan, Jordan saying that was good, but at the same time, he needs to give Pip a little bit more respect than that. You need to, you need to, you need to tell people like, look, some days I didn't have it, and Pip came through and he had it. So I mean, you know what I'm saying? It felt like this was like a make it Scotty like the little brother in a way, which he was. But I mean, he wasn't a little brother to the point where people are trying to make it seem like Jordan didn't play with another Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? The people are trying to just lift Jordan up, push Scotty down. But it's not that. I, I feel like it shouldn't be like that. Well, I, I looked at it from uh, from this point of view. Scotty does have a point with with how he was portrayed. It really highlighted all the times that he messed up and really never showed like how he carried the team when Jordan was gone and this. Yeah, and that. that's what I'm saying. But yeah. but with that being said, um, nobody that watched the documentary took anything from that. Most people that watch the documentary have some semblance of what the Bulls were and are somewhat hoops fans. And I feel like the aftermath of the documentary did one of two things. We just talked about the top 74 list last week, and they put Pippen at 21. And, 20, and Pippen is not the 21st greatest basketball player of all time. And I feel like if that documentary Facts. didn't come out, Pippen wouldn't have been in top 30 probably. And then, Oh, no, I think it was a list that came out three years ago, and they had Pippen near 50. Exactly. <laughs> and, then on, and then on top of that, if you just look at narratives on social media, this documentary really put in people's mind that, like, like like Jordan, like Pippen or Jordan was like LeBron playing with KD or something like that. Like I feel like from watching a documentary, not the only people, the people that produced the documentary, the people that took place in it really like tried to put Pippen down. But as far as the people that watched it or the narrative of people that's trying to uh, come up with a narrative that wasn't there to watch these games live or wasn't there for that era really like placed Pippen on a pedestal. So I really think this documentary helped this legacy more, more than hurt it. Yeah, it definitely so, did. I mean, anytime you hear oh, Michael's model, I'm saying that, like I said, he said, what he said was good, but I've known people that like uh, mainly female don't even know who Scottie Pippen is. You get what I'm saying? And now ooh. they know who Scottie Pippen is. Now they ooh. know who Scottie Pippen is. I don't know. That's so. a deal breaker for me. 
So hold I on, mean, before just, some people didn't even really know who he was. So so wait a minute. Before you proposed to your old lady, you you hit her with the baby. Do you know who number thirty three for the Bulls? Do you gotta, know why that number is important? We got to shuffle what's going on? all time rosters or something, man. That's that's part of the deal. Mm, ah, heard, heard. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Well, like, I seen I seen on Twitter the other day people were saying I didn't know Scotty Pippen had his own shoes. I'm like, oh my lord. How would you not know that the up tempos? How would you? Oh, man, Scotty huh? had more than just the up tempos. I'm glad, and then that's another thing I'm glad they did. They they did this and they sold the shoes a little bit. And not like you can see all the whole actual shoes that Jordan actually wore. You know how they come out with Jordan every week. He didn't right. wear all those Jordans. And some people think it means something just to have these type of Jordan. But no, those not even like the Jordans that Jordan actually wore. These is remastered Jordans. Right. Not OG Jordans. So so let me ask y'all this in close. The last dance, as we come to a wrap up on this thing, was it a fluff piece or was it a documentary? Talk to me. Uh, I think it was a documentary. And we're going to see more documentaries like this. As They just announced they're going to do a Tom Brady nine-part series. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of them for people that don't deserve them, though. That's what I honestly feel like. So I feel like people are going to use this last dance and use it as a way to give other people credit for things. But I feel like if you're going to do the last dance for somebody as uh, monumental as Jordan, then you need to just keep it with a couple people, like a couple great. Like, I'm fine with the do a Tom Brady. But let's be real, not like I, I love him to death. But KG, he don't need a lot. He don't, you know what I'm saying? He don't need a last dance documentary or let's just. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It should be it should be something that only the goats, the goats. Right. Eat. If you've never been in a in a goat conversation, it shouldn't be something that like if we take it speaking in the terms of basketball, bro. Like only ones you could really do is like Bill, Magic, Bird, Mike, Brian, Kobe. Right. And I, if you were ever considered one of the best players in the world, like you, like for a long period of time, then I think you should get one. But not a lot of these players that were good, great players, they're gonna get one, and it's just like you're gonna kind of water it down. I, yeah. I don't think it should be. Watered I mean, they down. they worthy of thirty for thirties. I watch forty five. Yeah, yeah, hour, that's what I'm saying. Not... You can absolutely you can get absolutely. you can get a thirty for thirty. Like Dennis Rodman just had a thirty for thirty, and that was great. But I mean, I'm not watching a ten part Paul Pierce documentary. Exactly, oh. and I. I <laughs> I'm not even watching the ten part D Wade documentary. So I mean like I'm not watching like, a one part I'm not watching a one part Paul Pierce documentary. I mean, let's be honest. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, bro. I don't care that you got stabbed eleven times. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care nothing about that. As far as um as as far as it being um a fluff piece or a documentary, I would say it's a documentary, but it's a documentary in the same sense that war documentaries are told from America's standpoint. Mm. Okay. Okay. I, and you know what? I'm going to say this. For my answer on this thing, I'm going to say it was a bit of both. Just like you said, it's to the victor goes the spoils. You get to rewrite the history how you wanted to because one of the things that I, one of the pieces that really made me take away, this is a little bit of a fluff piece. The fact that the no problem with the glove moment where he laughed as hard as he did, but the statistics don't lie. The numbers don't lie. We can all pretend like, oh, and it would be different if it was picking and choosing certain numbers that are like not representative of anything or like representative of stuff that's not really important. Like, oh, if his three-point percentage did, but his field goal percentage and, and points per game were still up there, it's like, okay, well, he's just had bad shooting games from deep. 
But other than that, he still was getting off and getting whatever he wanted. That objectively was not the case. So, I mean, for that to not be displayed at all, for them to not say at all, hey, Peyton, Gary Payton actually did do a good job. He actually did. I wouldn't even minded the laugh if they just would have went into, well, yeah, Gary Payton actually did do a good job. George Carl definitely fumbled in saying don't put him on him for three games. I could have lived with that. But that moment right there for me had me like, that's mm-mm. Don't do that. Don't don't diminish another grown man who did a great job, who did what he was asked to do efficiently and effectively. Don't reduce him to a laugh because like that's your pride and ego, even though from the eye test and the numbers, you did have problems with him. Right. And, and what, to add to that, uh, Gibbs, and I'll let you go ahead. Let's say this real quick, guys. But to add to that, it's easy for Jordan to say that now because they're not playing no more. You get what I'm saying? I don't know if we'd see that Jordan if they were still playing. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I know Jordan talked a lot of stuff, but I don't know if he would say that the way he did if they were still playing because Gary Payton talked a lot of stuff too, if y'all know Gary Payton. That's like the grandpa that play you in cards and not let you not let you live to talk about it. <laughs> no, I, I, I just think of it from, from this point of view um... – I always tell a lot of people that like context, especially in sports, get lost throughout time. Because if you look at it at the end of the day, only thing people really remember is wins or losses. Like you see like the the thing to argue most about on, on Twitter and stuff like that is like what if what if uh Draymond never got suspended or what if Cleveland was healthy in twenty fifteen? I always try to tell people like in the grand scope of things, Jordan can laugh about stuff like that because 30 years from now, people aren't going to remember if Draymond was suspended or not. They're going to look at the history books. They're going to go on Wikipedia, and it's going to say 2015 Warriors and 2016 Cavs. So I feel like that's the only reason he got that point of view of things now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's, and that's what I mean. Playing, no. And if, if there's a documentary for me, a documentary should present all things in like I get that no documentary is perfect and no documentary is going to present every single thing and every single fact. But that to me was a, a rather important piece. But you know, Jordan is Jordan. He is widely considered to be the GOAT. So it's not, it's not crazy for him to have the inflated ego that allowed him to laugh that off. However, this next thing that we're going to get into, we, this, it may be the worst form of ego I've ever seen. A fifty-six, a fifty-seven-year-old. I apologize. A fifty-seven-year-old Michael Jordan sat up here and said, "I could beat a lot of the Charlotte Hornets players right now." Fifty-seven years old, so he could beat <laughs> a lot of the Charlotte Hornets players if he played them one-on-one. The exact quote is, "I'm pretty sure I can, but I don't want to do that and diminish and demolish. I'm sorry, not diminish, demolish their confidence. So I stay away from them." Miles Bridges' response, Miles Bridges is the star player for the Charlotte Hornets, if you don't know. Let's get it then. I just, you know, I, I want to pass this over to y'all, but I just got to say something on this real quick. Just, Miles, hush. What? you? This is a lose-lose either way, Miles. Even if you destroy him, congratulations, you just beat a man whose age rounds up to 60. <laughs> if you lose, it's even worse. And then for Michael. It's a lose-lose for you, too. If you win, now people can say the best player on a team that you have assembled, you could beat at age 60. I was just about like to say, that, isn't, he, right. isn't Michael in charge of picking these players? So you're going to sit there and <laughs> so say, it, I willingly pick these players knowing I could beat them still at 57? Like, no, my personality is, probably did. 
There's there, for me personally, looking at this quote and looking at Marbridge's response, there's nobody that can win. But please, somebody salvage this for me. Tell me who could possibly come out a winner out of this thing. The the only, I mean, there's really not a winner. Um, first, do I believe that that Jordan could beat current NBA players? I'm not gonna hold you, probably. You could give me like 10, 15 dudes that's in the league that Jordan could probably beat in the game to 11. I mean, it depends. Like, do, do you just say, all right, Jordan, no. Like, do you get him weeks to prep? You get him, like, go, you know what I'm saying? Because he's he been smoking so many dang on cigars. There's no telling if he tomorrow, can run up and down the court. Tomorrow, half court. First one to 11 win. Mike dropping oh, nah, off on 15. Nah, he's <laughs> he dropping off he on 15 players, he bro. Nah, nah, man. Hoopers I know don't, you. Hoopers don't forget how to hoop. They don't, Listen. but you can smoke a thousand cigars and forget how to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> he good, bro. You don't need to breathe. Kendall Marshall ain't in the NBA no more, okay? Kendall Marshall is not in the NBA no more. That number went down from 15 to 14 that day. Larry Sanders <laughs> out the league, too. It went down from 14 to 13 that day. You know, I'm just saying, I'm joking. Larry Sanders, you, you are actually a really good player. Kendall Marshall, I mean that wholeheartedly. But that's beside the point. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I really... And, and here's the thing, like you said, hoopers don't forget how to hoop, right? When you learn how to, when you learn the, uh, the, you know, elbow, all that, the, the method that's properly shooting and all that, you don't forget that. It's like riding a bike. You just gotta get but, to the spots, man. But the question is this: at 57, if you miss one time or if you don't make your shot to get the ball, who are you gonna defend? How how can you defend? You're not defending Miles Bridges. So, so Come you on, man. Me, so you're telling me uh, Mike right now versus Caleb Martin. You ain't got your money on Mike? I absolutely have my money on Caleb Martin, <laughs> and that's not just because I went to NC State. I'm sorry, no. but listen, both of the the worst of the Martin twins would give Jordan that work. You understand? So, Jordan so, is fi- so, uh, so Mike versus uh, Kobe Simmons. You got, you got Kobe. All right. Well, hold on now. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying this. Uh, this this all I'm saying. At the end of the day, there is no salvageable way for me to come up with a winner out of this. Because either one way, you're a professional that's getting paid to beat a 60-year-old. Right. Or, oh, let me stop rounding and be accurate, a 57-year-old. Or you're a 57-year-old who can beat people who's supposed to be at the top of the game that you selected to be at the top. I, you know, there's there's no... Only it's just a pocket. Think of that he might be that's still in the league that Mike for sure might be able to beat. And even still, Mike will lose, but it'll be a good game. Maybe, maybe Ryan Anderson or Tony Snell. Tony Snell. Ryan Anderson. Tony Snell. Mike can still lose. But. Man, Mike dropping off Ryan Anderson, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dropping off Ryan Anderson. I mean, Ryan Anderson literally can't do anything but shoot. I hated him when he was in Houston. I hated him every. Oh, Literally, he can only shoot like he can't rebound. He's six ten, six eleven. Can't 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 rebound. He can't defend. He Man, can't, Mike get like, there, put a hand up, bro. M- Mike get Ryan Anderson off the first step. I, 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 you know what's funny, <laughs> Mike? Not complex. Step, complex dropped a list of top ten worst players in the NBA. It was dropped January. 10th, 2019. Guess who the number two worst player in the NBA was? Ryan Anderson, bro. Ryan Anderson. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, look, I was oh, on my. the money with that one. <laughs> oh, my. Ryan Anderson. You acted man. I'm, but yeah, I'm nah, telling I, you. I'm telling you. I hated him. I hated him. He was in Houston. And here's the thing. <laughs> I could live with Jordan working Ryan Anderson because that's Ryan Anderson. Jordan didn't pick up Ryan Anderson. That was, But, bro, all these players you got, I mean, I think it's telling that one of your best players was a second-round pick in Devontae Graham. I, you know, I that just think might be the best. That might be the best. Might even have Miles Bridges beat. Yeah, I was also I was actually surprised about him. Like that, Mike was actually even drafting him because I I knew he was a sleeper in draft starting. But I'm like, eh, that ain't Michael George style to grab him, even though he need a guard. He he went funny story or zero back. <laughs> funny story. I I worked at a um a local news station here and I'm I'm based in Raleigh, North Carolina at the moment. I'm gonna be on the move soon, but when we were doing the little pre draft packages and all that, Devontae Graham came in. And so before he came in, I just, you know, Googled him, looked up how what type of player he was, what he did well, what he didn't do well at Kansas. And I said to myself, the Pistons could really use him. The Pistons could definitely <laughs> use him. On the Man, way out Devontae the door, Graham I can't at Kansas? Hey listen I kid you not, when he was on his way out, I said, hey, man, best of luck to you in the draft. Hopefully my Pistons got enough common sense to grab you. And, you know, the rest was history. We, in fact, did not grab Devontae. And he probably was on pace to probably either win or be top two or three for most improved player uh, of the year this year. So, he might have been. You know. he, he's probably going to end up being second behind. Y'all, man. Hey, hey, y'all know, Steven, the, the irony in this, guess who the Pistons did instead of getting Devontae Grant? Dude. They signed Derrick Rose. <laughs> Man, I Election think the only blue. thing more absurd about this conversation uh, than asking Jordan to pick decent players is asking the Pistons to pick decent players. Mm. Woof. Woof. Luke Kennard ahead of Donovan Mitchell. What a world we live in. <laughs> what a world we live in. But speaking of the Pistons and current NBA players, the NBA – Players are having conference calls. You know, it's all the superstars in the league. They in talks about bringing it back. Reports are the NBA is leaning towards bringing it back, according to uh, Jay Clark of uh, NBC Sports. So what are we thinking, fellas? Do we want to see this? Is it going to happen? What are we thinking? Um, Do we want to see it? Uh, as NBA fans, I think all of us want to see it. Um, is it going to happen? I think it. I think it depends over what what transpires over these next few weeks. Of course, they okay. want to resume the season. All of the players want to resume the season. We want to Absolutely. see the regular season, the playoffs finish. But it comes down to two things. One, I don't think it's smart, and the NBA is very progressive. So even if it does restart, if one person comes up with the case, you don't know who can get it. It's a lot of young players that's immature. You don't know what's going to happen. But if one player, because they're going to test regularly, if one player has it, you're shutting down the whole season again, and all of this was for nothing. Well, on top of right, that, right. you got to think, like, these players, the season ended in March. If this come back mid-July, they've been off for four months. That's the that's the entire length of, like, an off season. So these players go through training camps. They go through workout routines. They go through a preseason. You can't just place a team that played 60 games and be like, hey, let's play your remaining 12 games, and they run up and down the floor for for 48 minutes. You asking 50% of the league to get injured. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are so many guys. 
it, my whole oh, go ahead, thing is, oh no, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. I mean, my the the belief with me is not only is the injury part, but the amount of players that did not have hoops at their crib is amazing. Like Giannis, the MVP. Why do you not have a basket at your crib? What's going on? What's you know? And that that was rather surprising to me. But if if Giannis, like I said, one of the top ten players in the league, doesn't have a rim at his at his crib, how many other players fall in that same category of not having the resources available to not only be in shape, but to also just have their skills sharp? There are some guys who have personal courts in their home and indoor court, outdoor court, all that good stuff. A lot of guys don't. There, That would definitely be an advantage for teams with big-name players and for teams whose players have uh, year-round trainers and who pay – I mean, and obviously a guy like LeBron who pays a million dollars a year and puts millions in his body a year, he has an advantage over plenty of other very good players who just don't have the resources – uh, to have that level of training while being away from the facility. So I think that that may be a bit of an unfair advantage um, for certain players. Well, th- this is what I'm going to say. Like, agreeing with you, Gibbs. But here's the thing. If you do bring this season back, right, how how do you even work that where it's in, like, they, the, the talks are they're going to have it in places where it's like two, two arenas or two hubs where they can have games going on at the same time with no fans. So here's the thing. Are you going to record these games? Because if so, that, that's adding more people to the building that you have to keep account, like, to. Keep account for. So mm-hmm. then if you do record these games, it's 30 teams in the NBA. So how are you going to have two arenas for 30 teams? So you're going to have to start games at 1 o'clock in the daytime, and they don't finish until 2 in the morning. And hey, I know style, I'm, a big bas- I'm, a big, I'm a big basketball fan, but I'm sorry, but... I don't really think it's fair that I should have to miss all that basketball from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock because I'm at work or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the NBA is taking all of that into consideration. And I don't think they will come back strictly because it's no way to really format it where you have two hubs and you have all these teams just like, and then what are they going to do in the meantime? Are they just not supposed to see their families? Are they not supposed to do anything? Because, it's not been the talks that it's going to be a shortened season. It has none of that has came to surface yet, which they would have to almost have to start it as close to the playoffs as possible. But then again, back to Gears' point, all these players haven't been doing anything for a while now. Like, and then we talked about it in uh, uh, previous episodes where a lot of them just on gaming devices, on Twitch, on YouTube, making videos. Mm-hmm. So, how do you just trans transition back at the drop of a dime? And say, oh, look, I'm back. And they need to update us more on how it's been since they've been opening up the facilities for practices. Because I know they a report came out that LeBron has been having one or two people work out with him in the Lakers facility. So how has that been going? Because I'm pretty sure they're not sleeping at the facility. I'm pretty sure they're going home and doing what they want to do. And still, none of them have got a haircut, which is really surprising to me. You would think that. <laughs> you would think NBA players would have a barber living with them Man, at this J- point. James <laughs> Harden looked like uh, one of the disciples, bro. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> and James I, Harden I, I lost. Think, 
he lost so much weight. What's going on with James, man? Woo, man, he, he is losing he get his weight. sustenance from the strip club, ain't it? Because he, been, <laughs> I mean, man, he looking bad. The strip club chicken, man, and I, I don't know shape, what it man. is. Is it because he not just doing nothing but doing cardio, like running and stuff? But bro said, if I can't weight, get them man. them lamb chops, he said, if he can't get them lamb chops from Pantheon, he just not gonna eat meat no more. <laughs> That's just how he rolling. For I those mean, of y'all who like, don't know, Pantheon is an adult club in Detroit. You know what I mean? I don't ask me how I know it. You know, I've driven by it once. I've uh, never been inside. You know, just because <laughs> you know that's that's how I am. Uh, no more questions. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, what's going on there. <laughs> Man, it's just. Um, I mean, I, I I broke it down like this the other day. I was talking to my brother about hoops, and I, I broke it down like this. Like, I don't see a reason because Giannis just got a max. I don't see a reason why he don't have a, a, a court in this crib yet. But you got to think about a lot of players that's not able to, to travel during this time. You got to think of a player like, uh, just give me some random dude that hoop everywhere. Like 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 a Jared Dudley. Like, Jared Dudley don't have enough bread to make sure he got a crib with a court in it in every new team that he played with every year and a half. Joe Kim Noah, another one. Right, they, they don't they don't have that kind of income, so I well, can, I, I they can were, understand any player that's not on the max not having a court. Joe Kim Noah, when you bring up him, he was one of those players that was always going to that Lifetime Fitness Arena, that twenty four seven arena that Melo would just destroy everybody at and post videos. From. Right, he the, right. he was a product of that. He used to he used to Joe Kim Noah stayed at that arena, so they haven't even had places like that open. So I mean. I just don't see like for the role players. I just don't see them coming back and looking like anything. Like the star players that that, that can navigate and get get them some basketball time in. I think they'll be okay. But it's just I don't want to see LeBron and AD, and I don't want to see Avery Bradley just like a shell of himself, and then just makes it in the basketball just look so. It could just look so disgusting. Uh, also, uh, just my this my last thing on it, and I'm gonna I'm step off it after this. The conference call of the players who were the players in the conference call. It was an interesting group. One main star player, or not a superstar, but a star level player that wasn't on that call, Carl Anthony Towns. And I'm not the type to ever use somebody's passing to like drum up controversy or anything. And I'm not going to do it now. But for a Carl Anthony Towns or players like him who have lost somebody to this thing or have seen one of their family members or close friends intubated or something like that because of this thing, that's going to be a hard sell. That's going to be a hard sell to tell them, hey, come on back. This is, we're about to get the season back rolling. Even if they were to say, well, the Timberwolves ain't going to be in the playoffs anyway. We don't want you back. We don't need you back. Okay, cool, fine. But the fact still remains, there are other players who he's close with, or there are other players who might have, who he might not know at all, but they saw his mother's passing and think to themselves, "Nah, I ain't playing with this. I don't, I don't care how stir crazy I am. I don't care how much cabin fever I got. It's not worth my mother's life. It's not worth my grandmother, grandfather, father's life to to do yeah. this thing." And um, James Harden came out and said that I don't want to play until this like the, the cases are minimum and it's completely safe. He's already said that. Now, people gave him a lot of backlash saying that maybe Harden just don't want to set up and lose again or maybe that. But, no, it's the honest to God truth. Why would you rush this when you don't even know what it is? And they haven't been talking to people. That's a good, great point you brought up, uh, Gibbs. 
Carl D. Towns seemed like he, in the NBA-wise, he seemed like he's been the person that's mostly affected by this because I think he lost two people from this. He, mm-hmm. I know he lost he, he lost his uh, mom, I think it was, and I think he lost, like, a uh, uncle or something like that. Yep. So, yeah, he definitely lost his mother. He, I know for right, a fact he lost right. his mom. Yeah, he lost somebody else, too. It said, I think it was two people he lost. I'm, uh, we can fact-check it later, but I'm pretty sure if they had somebody like him on the call, their whole opinions would be different. Right, Wait. right. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't see a way in which you know you ignore that type of voice in this thing and and you know you're just like oh yeah it's fine it's it doesn't matter it's it's whatever you know because like I said not only did he lose his mother but his father was down for a while and his father he just just story just dropped not too long ago that his father is recovering and doing well. Okay, that's know? what so it was. Somebody, so he, yeah, it was his father. Yeah, his father didn't die. Right. Okay, I looked at it. Yeah, yeah okay. That's so, but yeah, see, so, it affected him twice. Exactly. So somebody whose family was decimated by this thing, and he knows how contagious this is, that if one person get it, it's very likely everybody else going to get it. You know what I mean? And, and so with, with that situation going, you always got to ask yourself, what's it worth? Do we got any more on this, fellas? Any, any, any other thoughts or opinion on this? No, I mean, we just broke down like a, a million reasons as to why, as Hoops fans, we want to see it resume, but it's just Absolutely. not a logical thing for it to resume. Man. It's just not a good idea. Listen, and again, listen, people I love saying, oh, go, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. And people love saying, well, it's certain members of the media that don't want to see this thing come back. And so I, full-time journalism is my passion. That's what I love to do. That's what I want to do. You think I want to have a job? Like, like with no sports, I can't work. I can't, I have to find something else to do. I have to clean pools or or make smoothies or whatever the case may be instead of, you know what I mean, doing my passion. But I am well aware of the fact that this is a global pandemic. People are dying. There is my job, my ability to feed myself and my family is not as important as the lives of others. And the day that I start to prioritize in that way, I don't know how I can look at myself. And, you know, when I go to those fairly gates and, and, and my list of sins is read out before me, how I can excuse that and say, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, you know my heart. God. Come on, you knew me. <laughs> funny, funny story. Uh, my dad, I've been growing up with, I have never seen him scared of anything, anything at all. He called me about a couple of days ago talking about some man, this thing is real. I'm thinking about giving me a helmet suit. I'm like, Dad, <laughs> He's like, no, man. I, I was like, I'm moving in August. He's supposed to come up here and help me move and stuff. He like, man, I don't know. I'm, if I can't wear a goggles, mask, and ear, earmuffs on the plane, then I don't know if I'll be able to make it up there. My dad not even. like Master Chief. Right, he don't even want to be my dad. And I've never seen him scared of anything. I've never seen him scared of anything. But, but I, I, I just think of, to, to close this, I just think of it one way. Like uh, like Chris was saying, when it comes to how they're going to film the game. So let's just say is is um. Let's just say you eliminate like Tile Boys and the Gatorade dude and all of that, and we just got thirty NBA teams, thirteen players per team. That's already like four hundred players. On top of that, they're going to be filming these games. You got lights operators, you got camera operators, you got microphone operators, and if they're trying to push this season out as quickly as possible, and in these two arenas, you putting on five, five games a day in each arena, you can't ask the camera operators to work. 12 hour days so it's going to be two three shifts within there where you don't know where these people came from that's don't forget the, the cleaning cameras. people don't right. forget the cleaning people, people. got to come here <laughs> to clean the cameras you don't know where these cleaning people coming from you don't know where the camera people coming from it's just too many variables to 
But like this thing isn't only attacking old people. Like we don't want to see any scenario to where anybody gets hurt. But it, if if one person gets it, you don't know, you don't know the extent into into. It, it's coaches in the NBA that's sixty seven years old. It, it's players mm-hmm. that you don't know what conditions they got. Chris Bosh was playing with a with a blood clot in his heart for for ten seasons. So you you just it's too many variables. In, in this situation tonight, I just say just nix the season, man. If you want to wait until September to see if it's cool, that's fine with me. It's, it's going to be a disappointment to not see it finish, but it's just the, the NBA is too smart. They made too many smart decisions in the past to let this keep going. For sure, for sure. And speaking of knowing your worth and knowing if things are worth it, Dak Prescott and these contract negotiations. Boy, <laughs> oh boy. I mean, this is, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. Now, there's a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors going around, a lot of very high numbers being floated out. So I'm going to just give you all the range of what's being floated because I'm not going to lie and say that I have the exact number and I got boots on the ground in Dallas that can tell you what's going on there. But I'm just going to give you the range. ESPN has been quoted as giving the lowest uh, of, of the contract offers to Dak. And they stated, the Cowboys have an offer that, according to sources, would make Prescott the second highest paid NFL quarterback in terms of average per year, that figure would fall behind Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, who makes $35 million a season, and receive guaranteed money that's on par with Jared Goff's $110 million guarantee. Now, that's the low end now. that's Let's keep that in mind. That's the low end. Now, here's the high end. Dak's offer, according to Chris Sims, Dak's five-year $175 million offer, would make him the highest paid QB ever at $35 million a year and reportedly give him over $45 million in his final season. Now, I get it. I get that they that Dak and his agent... First of all, let's start with this. We love the song Get Paid by Young Dolph. So we never <laughs> want to see a young man not get paid what he's worth and, and what he earns out here. But there's just some... There's a, so many moving pieces to this Dak situation. I don't even know how to properly call it. Because on one hand, the Cowboys did not go to him and offer him what he was talking before him. Because some people are saying, oh, the Cowboys didn't offer him a contract. And he had to play out this for That's not what happened. The Cowboys offered him a contract last year. But the offer wasn't looking like what he wanted it to look like. So I understand that. I understand that Dak had to play out this last year. But also, the highest paid for any QB ever. And I understand that the new TV deal should be coming in 2022, 2023. So that your, your salary cap is going to get it. See a, a leap, not a jump, a whole 360 windmill that year. It's going, you're going to see a very high jump in uh, the salary cap that year. But I don't know, Dak, you're not, you know, somebody quoted it and tweeted who this man think he is Lamar Mahomes. Cause that's <laughs> that asking for that type of money. Now, again, this is all speculation. And as we all know, it's management job to get you for the cheapest price possible is your job to get the most possible. But reality is often somewhere in the middle and Dak for you to be getting paid like the second best quarterback in the NFL, big dog, go on, take that bread, man. Go on, take that bread. Cause I, I don't see a world. To, it comes down to, what has the what have the Cowboys done to pay? And that's my point. That's my <laughs> that point. <much. laughs> I don't see a world where you have that offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, and you don't win a Super Bowl, and you can still say, "Hey, I want number one QB type money." 
Oh, I mean, I'm looking at the, the average QBR right now for the 2019 season. And he's Dak does. Yeah, he does. No, he actually has just two, four point, four tenths of a point higher than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has 69.8, and Dak Prescott has 70.2, according to this ESPN article. So. Wait, we're looking at 2019 total QBR? Uh, it's, it's NFL quarterbacks and their average per year salaries, as well as their QBR for 2019 season. Yep. And this is under Dak was seventy point two. Russell Wilson was sixty nine point eight. He was thirty one million, thirty one point five million dollars. He made. Hmm. Okay, I I could have swore that Lamar led the league in QBR last year. Oh, this is not all the quarterbacks. He's not. This is just ten of them. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they got they was... got the lowest on the list is my guy Big Ben, but I mean you know he got injured so. He's at 27.1. He stinks. He's old. He needs to get out of there. Who said that? Who said he stinks? He's old. He needs to get out of there. Hey, relax, come on, man. Relax, relax, relax. <laughs> he, 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 he got his surgery. Like With the technology nowadays, he got his surgery. So I think he can be a somewhat decent quarterback. He could be better than, uh, let's say, what quarterback can I name? He could be better than, it's a couple quarterbacks he could still be better than. I'll, I'll take him over Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll take him over Kirk Cousins. <laughs> So, Absolutely, I mean, and Kirk Cousins just signed for thirty three million. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But you know, the Vikings way overpaid for that position. I don't know what's going on in the NFC North, but they just throwing around bread at quarterbacks. I mean, Mitch Trubisky. I take him over Matt Ryan. Kirk. Ooh, that's that's yeah. how I take. That's interesting. That's interesting. I break it down like this. Y'all not really hear my voice a lot because I'm not the football guy when it comes to these topics. But uh, with Dak at quarterback, has the Cowboys won a playoff game? I do not believe so. Okay. I don't well, they play so. Aaron Rodgers. I think they won a they, they won a wild card game. I think. Let me see. If you haven't won a playoff game, I think that's the end of the conversation. I, I, I think. Oh, one playoff wins. win in twenty nineteen. One playoff yeah, win. Yeah, okay. see, okay. yeah. Yeah, they beat the okay. they beat the uh, breaks off the Redskins. Not not the Redskins, but they beat the um, breaks off of the um, pack. Packers, yeah, they beat the Packers. Look, I, I'm I'm one of the people that firmly believe that a lot of athletes are very overpaid. So I'm I'm under the belief that if you aren't from from the cream of the crop, you shouldn't be receiving that much money to play a sport. Mm. And you know, here's here's my only pushback to that. The fact of the matter is, I agree that like uh, the idea that while there is rapid unemployment in the way that it is. Should nobody be looking at $45 million a year in the very near future? But the fact of the matter is he generates millions of dollars, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars, for the most valuable sports franchise in all of sports. Not just in American football, not just in the American Big Four, in all of sports. We're talking Real Madrid. We're talking the Lakers. We're talking any – you name them. If they're a big name, you know, that's – Dak is playing for the team that makes more or their name is more valuable than all of them. So, I mean, I get that I get that it should be a, an argument of you getting cream of the crop and you're making that bread, but the fact of the matter is that's not the world we live in. Like, that, that going to make some money. Now, that much, the 45 he's, he's million. 26. Oh. He's 26. He's bound to, make, bound to make more money. But my whole thing is, is – and since football is more your more your background, I'm gonna ask this: If not Dak, who who can they pay? 
You get what I'm saying? If not that, who can and here's the here's the very interesting argument that always comes about because in today's game, the rules have been changed in a way that makes quarterbacks exponentially more valuable than they used to be. You can't do certain things to receivers. Your target area for a quarterback that's not moving is like his uh, above his knee to below his sternum or like right at his sternum chest, which is like that's not a very big target area at all. And a, a good quarterback, they're hard to replace. Let's make no bones about that. However, if we look at the last few teams to win Super Bowls, overwhelmingly it's been teams that's quarterback is in their rookie contract or teams whose quarterback was like older and headed downhill, but they got him at a cheap rate and they paid everybody else. So they put a great defense together, good offensive line, decent running game, decent or good receivers, and they didn't pay the quarterback like that. My only... The only warning against paying the quarterback that type of money, you basically handicap what type of weapons you can give him at that point. Because right. you can't give him the best receivers in the game if he got if he's getting paid like that. You can't give him the best tight ends, the best. You can't give him the best everything because this is this not college where you could just go and recruit the number one this, number one that, number two this, number two. You got to pay and everybody. I, that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So if you don't pay that. Honestly, who 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 do they pay? Because it's not really it's the the, the range for a, a quarterback right now is very very slim. In the right, NFL. right. It, the the quarterback position, I believe, I truly believe the quarterback position now is much thinner than we've seen it in some time. Because it's like the top seven eight guys, and then it's a big drop off from like seven eight through the rest. It's a big drop off. So I, I agree that there's you gotta. Either you got to pay the quarterback or you got to absolutely ice out everybody else and get the best of everything else. But I just think if I got to pick one, I know it's easier to say quarterback because that's the one position and less less likelihood to like, oh, I got to keep this guy from getting spending, this guy from getting – I get that. But, I, I, I mean, it's just it just bears out in the numbers that paying quarterbacks huge amounts normally ain't the way to go. Um, I, I I know that I'm not uh in the slightest a general manager of any sport, but I always see situations like this. Like I basically see the situation as as Doc take Doc Dak taking the Cowboys uh hostage. Like you said, who else are they going to pay? Am I one of the only people under belief that like it's okay to not pay players? Mm. Like, like if you, if you don't want to pay Dak that bread and let him walk, it's not like you getting rid of somebody that's like completely turned around your franchise. It's it's a I, it's a thousand people that would want to play quarterback for the Cowboys. I a thousand percent agree, and, and you, I don't think I don't think that you can replace a Dak Prescott instantly. I, I we all know you cannot just go out and get another Dak Prescott. But I'm if you give somebody that has a a decent arm with the offensive line and a running back that the Cowboys have, are they really missing that much if you take Dak, Dak Prescott off the field? And so well, this the QBR is, says, the QBR says you're going to miss a lot. The QBR but, says he has a great offensive line and a running back. Exactly. The eye test and the, the eye test and the numbers of the guys surrounding him also say, for as great as Dak is, he's surrounded by really great pieces. And that Cowboys offensive line is getting a little older. And they're not going to, none of them are getting third contract. I don't think, except maybe Tyron Smith, none of them are really going to see third con- and Fredericks, but none of them are really going to see third contracts uh, with the Cowboys. I don't believe at least, 
But the fact of the matter is, if you take with the pieces around him starting to get older too, and then you factor in, well, Zeke didn't look as explosive last year, and this and that. It's hard to say. Well, we can take Dak away from this offense, and he'll still, and the offense will still roll without him. It's hard to say. And this is one of those things where it's like the they're, they're gonna, they probably are gonna have to pay him the money simply from the aspect of not rocking the boat. Like and my only does. problem with that is that the boat didn't get to the playoffs last year. The Eagles were banged up as banged up could be. The Washington Redskins, Jay Gruden was absolutely awful for not giving Dwayne Haskins any reps with the ones. And so they ended up in a bad quarterback situation. Once Alex Smith got hurt, they ended up in an atrocious quarterback situation. And then you got the Giants who, you know, Danny Dimes was really Danny Pennies because he was throwing it right back to the other team and they was taking it back, getting their little five-cent refund on their bottles. But that's the, the, the fact of the matter is there was no team the NFC East that I looked at and was like, woof, these are world beaters. And the Cowboys <laughs> still didn't make the playoffs. The race yeah, at the end with them and the Eagles, the Eagles were playing guys who played quarterback in college at receiver. And still, the Eagles found a way to pull it out over the Cowboys. So, what? how much do they lose without paying him? I really, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and then he does fit the modern-day quarterback. So, the modern-day quarterback is uh, where you can run. You can get out the pocket. You can make a play for yourself when your when your receivers can't get open or you can't beat a zone. So that does all that. And correct, my corrections, guys. I said they beat the Packers. They actually lost to the Packers. The last time the Cowboys won a playoff game was 2018, the wild card game against the Seahawks, I believe. So right, right. Right, yeah, and, and, and it was and I, it was in the calendar year 2019, but it was in 2018 season. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Now, that being said, Russell Wilson does get paid more than him. But, I mean, Russell Wilson has also proven himself, has he not? Dak has he's proven got, himself. He's, he's been to two Super Bowls, won one. So. And he should have won two, if you want to be honest. But, you know, Tom oh, Brady absolutely. got a call, a call from the upstairs. And they was like, no, not Tom Brady. Not our goal, child. But, anyway, anyway, anyway. I didn't say that. That was deep. But, um, just on the topic of Dak, it's just – how much do you really realistically think you need to get paid that? Because after you get over thirty million, like you don't even touch fifteen million of that a, a year. So, and Emma Smith made a really interesting point in saying, "Dude, you play for the Cowboys. If you take a pay cut and stay with the Cowboys, that franchise is so valuable. Every dime that you miss in that pay cut, you're gonna make. You're gonna recoup in endorsements. You're gonna recoup exactly. You're the exactly. Face. You're the face of an extremely valuable franchise." But speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of quarterbacks and quarterback situations, my guy, Sean Payton, down in New Orleans. I'm lying. He's not my guy. I don't know him. He's not one of my favorite coaches either. But I don't dislike him either. He's like a man guy. But he's he's won some Super Bowls, done some things down there in New Orleans. He said that Taysom Hill was the next in line. And Jay Glazer called him a, quote, unquote, physically bigger Lamar Jackson. I, MVP, league leader in QBR, Lamar Jackson. Taysom Hill and Lamar Jackson were both in year two last year. Difference between the two, Taysom Hill was a 28-year-old rookie. So he was 29 last year, going to be 30 going into this season if it even happens. Another difference between the two 
while Lamar was leading the league in passing touchdowns last year and, you know, winning the MVP, Taysom Hill completed three of his six passes, and that's it. Like, it, he threw the ball so little, there is, like, in fact, not even a, P, a QBR that I can find on him. Like, this is I – I don't understand. I don't – once again – Y'all gotta help me understand these things because they done paid. Uh, they done paid. They got Drew Brees to come back. I believe they picked up Jameis Winston recently. I just, I don't understand. Somebody help me. Help me understand why you name him the next. Teddy, Teddy Bridges was on the sign with somebody else, so I could see why they had him picked up because Teddy Bridgewater was their backup, correct? Yeah, he was. Yeah, so he yeah he signed with somebody else. So yeah, you feel that spot, but. Somebody that's probably going to break all of the quarterback records is going to be hard to replace regardless. So, for Lou to just – I don't know. I don't know, man. Because I'm looking at the Dak situation too. Like, who do you pay? Like, I, I just – quarterback is just such a tricky subject in the NFL because it's really – it's your – that's like your point guard in basketball. Like, you got to have that's – right. your, that's your guy that keeps the team in order on the field. So – I don't, I don't know, Gibbs. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand either because it's just it's not enough information on Taysom Hill. Let me say that. Let me say that. But but that. here's here's the thing, and here's the thing. I'm a firm believer the best predictor of future behaviors is the past. If you look at Taysom Hill in the past, where was he at before he was with the Saints? He was in college at BYU. At BYU, he was very good running the ball, but that kind of got him banged up and hurt a lot. Throwing the ball, he was mediocre at best. What tells y'all that a mediocre passer in college is all of a sudden going to go on to become something that he's not in the NFL? Okay, so like, let's look at it like this way. Who in the past was a mediocre passer and came to college, I mean, the NFL level, and just kind of surprised a lot of people? And, and there's the thing. There's been a few. There's been a few that people looked at and said, well, he doesn't pass the ball. He doesn't do this well. He doesn't do that well. And the numbers bore it out, and the eye test bore it out, and you're like, there's been one or two throughout the course of the NFL, but there has not been a massive amount where you watch him and you say, well, in college, he doesn't throw the ball that well. Well, he doesn't really seem to throw receivers. And we have the best example right now. We have the best example of that, which is the guy they tried to make a raw receiver when he got to the NFL, which is Lamar Jackson. He proved everyone wrong. Even with so. even with Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson was unfairly criticized as being a quote unquote bad passer due to um, things that are out of his control, shall I say? Yeah, he went to Louisville. If, I mean, that's, you look, that's a basketball powerhouse school. So I mean, like, not only that, his receivers led the nation in drop percentage his last year at Louisville. They I had would run the, the ball percent. too. <laughs> They had the highest percent of, of of balls that were catchable that they dropped in America. How did that happen? And how was that Lamar's fault? And even beyond that, I'm telling you as somebody who's in ACC country, if you watch Lamar throw that ball and you thought to yourself, oh, this is a kid that can't really throw the ball like that, I want to know what you consider able to throw the ball. If, if Lamar can't fling the rock, then you've probably only seen probably 30 in your – 30 in, in the history of the game who could really let it rip because I mean even in college Lamar could make a 50 60 yard pass with a slight flick of the wrist he didn't have to wind up and 
you know, it wouldn't be no big release, big deal about it. But I again, I'm just the situation doesn't turn into a Braxton Miller situation, if you know what I mean when I say that. Right. Because right, yeah. Braxton Miller, he was mediocre throwing the football in college and mm-hmm. Ohio State. And he played wide receivers a little bit. And now he's in the NFL. I don't even think he play, he like he he doesn't get any game time, but he's listed as a wide receiver now in the NFL. So Yeah, he I think he had a decent year with the Texans, uh one of his one of his uh one of his first couple years in the league, but he he really hadn't done too much to make me say like, oh yeah, he's he's gonna be the guy like exactly. And I feel done. like Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, is not wasn't isn't the athlete that Braxton Miller is, but at the same time, it's just too early to tell. And who knows? Like he could he could get with Drew Brees, and Drew Brees could show him the ropes and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't see in the world you be mediocre in college and it transfer. Football is the one sport you cannot fake. You cannot fake football with all those grown men. You cannot. Right. Basketball, you right. can have a hot day and you get like Jeremy Lin, prime example. You can have a hot week and and just be people be like, oh, he's good. He's a good player, right. and then you just fall off the face of the earth. But football is the one sport, either you got it or you don't. So yeah, yeah. it's gonna show real fast if he's gonna be next up. It's gonna show real yeah. fast. I just I am really I'm worried about the fact that they were so quick to name him like, hey, this is the guy, he's gonna be the guy going forward. He's twenty nine years old. He's gonna be thirty next year. So congratulations, you got the guy from maybe He's older than he, he's really? older than uh that. He's older than Lamar, he's older than Patrick Mahomes. He's older than all the prime quarterbacks now. Nah, so, I mean, hey, I don't know, man. I don't know. I exactly. More footage of him. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I I hope that they can see or they can pull somebody else that's going to be the guy. But to be honest, mm, it's a it's a tough sell for me saying that Taysom is going to be next up, especially when you got Jameis who threw for 5,100 yards and Bruce Arians' system naturally lends itself to turnovers, but that's another story for another day. As we wind down our time here, we know you don't have enough of us at Facts Over Acts, but please stay a while. Come again next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that. Peace and much love, y'all. Yeah,